0: hey everybody welcome back to an epic edition of future brew right here on maizeandbrew.com my name is vaughn lozon Uh, john simmons is uh uh, out uh, just doing his thing moving across the country so today it's just me and steven osentoski our uh, do-it-all jabril peppers here at maize and brew steven how are you doing my friend uh how is uh, the week treating you thus far
1: Doing okay. I just ran a 4340 four forty. I'm also I weigh <laughs> <laughs> I weigh two hundred twenty five pounds. I play for the Giants and uh, or no the Browns now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it. Well, no. It, it is it is the Giants. He uh, he got drafted by Cleveland, and then uh, got traded over to the Giants in that uh, Odell Beckham trade. So this he, is bad,
1: he, man. I should, I should know these things, but this shows you how, uh, how locked in on Michigan sports I am. I, yeah. literally, I literally would love to follow all these guys and their trades moving, moving on. I don't have the time. I think I would uh, no longer have a partner if I spend as much time in the NFL that I did in the, yeah. uh, in the uh, college sports realm. So, But no, I, I'm doing well. I am not Jabril Peppers, unfortunately, but, uh, <laughs> but things are going
0: well. Things are going well, and uh, we'll, we'll hope to have John Simmons back on the pod next week. We hope things are going well with him and, and his venture across America um, to, for his landing spot. Um, five-star prospect there and John Simmons. A uh, rumor has it all the crystal balls are in on Kansas, so we'll see how that goes for him. But uh, speaking of crystal balls and, and big prospects and things like that, we're just going to start right off with the big in-state prospect in the 22 class for Michigan who committed to the Wolverines over the weekend. And uh, that's Will Johnson, the five-star cornerback from gross point Uh, obviously has many ties to U of M. So that's why he picked the Wolverines over uh, his other top schools there, USC and Ohio state. So he is officially staying home to be a Wolverine Uh, number one player in the state, number five corner Overall, which is a big position of need for Michigan in this 21, or 22 class, I should say. A number 11 overall player on that composite. He is a long, lanky corner at 6'3, buck 90. And honestly, Steven, this is the type of prospect that U of M needs in this class. Only got one corner in that 21 class, only had one safety in that 21 class. So they're going to hit the defensive backs really hard here. And got Will Johnson on board, obviously big time news there. So let's start off first, Stephen. I'll ask you just Will Johnson as a prospect in general, give me your scouting report on him. And how soon do you think he sees the playing field given who's ahead of him uh, in the pecking order at the cornerback position uh, currently in Ann Arbor?
1: Yeah, I think if it's any really any program in the country, he's going to compete as a true freshman. It's one of those positions that rely so heavily on athleticism. He's a guy who's been around in the competitive scene, going to a bunch of different camps. He's uh, obviously the son of a uh, lauded um, collegiate and NFL player, Deion Johnson. So he's been around the space of competing and just being in that sort of world Uh, as a competitor for a long time. So in in terms of like his technique, his uh, ability once he gets to college, not only does he have the athleticism, but he has the pedigree. He has everything that you're really looking for for an immediate uh, contributor at the position. So unless you're like an Alabama or maybe like an OSU, would he not uh, be competing right away? Even if you were at one of those schools, I think he has uh, plenty of – um, all the attributes I said to uh, at least compete for a starting role, if not win it. So I think it's going to be immediately um, in terms of his skill set. I mean, all the times that I was watching, like each play that I was watching from his film, uh, I had to remind myself that he's like a six-two, possibly six-three guy because he's still apparently growing, um, and I had to remind myself of that because. He, he plays like he's closer to 511 six foot just he's very smooth in his hip fluidity he's able to change directions extremely well he has has a longer stride it doesn't really look like he's he's moving all that fast but then you remember he has these you know really long legs a long frame and he's, he's able to cover ground uh, a lot more easily than it would seem. So I think that's like the main question where I've seen uh, like hand timed in the upper four, fours, probably like electronic around the four five range, which is plenty good enough for that size. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, him being in the space at all these different camps, the technique is there and uh, it's hard to see too many flaws with his game. I think his tackling technique could improve, but the main thing, is he's willing to get his nose in there he he laid some big hits on his junior film and uh that's what you're really interested in you can you can teach you know someone to wrap up you can't teach someone to uh to want the contact and he he seemingly does have that want so in terms of skill set man it's it's hard to be a corner with his size athleticism and uh, apparent technique he's a guy who's gonna make an impact immediately
0: Yeah, he does have really good technique, and I think he's going to make an immediate impact as well. Uh, This kid's just an athlete, quite frankly. He plays wide receiver uh, on the offensive side of the ball. He plays basketball for his high school as well. And then with all the uh, accolades that he has at corner with the technique that he has, yeah, he does need to work on wrapping up and tackling, but he is a sure tackler. He does want to get in there and be able to uh, – stop guys when he has to. It's It can't be all covering. It, it can't be all downfield, but he's very good downfield. Um, I, I think the way that he flips his hips is, is really good at this stage of the game. And the speed is really, a, a, it, it's it's good, but it isn't verified necessarily 24-7 when they released their rankings uh, last week, their updated 22 rankings, they dropped Will Johnson to uh, 33 overall in the country. And the big reason because of that is because of the lack of verification in his uh, uh, 40 times. So I would imagine the 40 time is probably roughly around where you said, like four, five, maybe a little uh, shorter than that. But I, I think once they get a verified time there, I think they'll they'll bump him back up like he should be. Obviously still a composite five-star, obviously still a very good player. He's the number five cornerback in the country and the number 11 overall guy on the composite. So that really goes to show what uh, the, this cornerback class really has in store. So a lot of really good corners in this class. Will Johnson obviously being uh, among the best. And when Alan Triu from 24 seven compares you to Stefan Gilmore, that's, it's <laughs> a, it's a pretty, pretty high comparison. Uh, as far as cornerbacks go, it doesn't really get much better than that in the NFL currently. He's, he's among the best in the NFL. So Michigan's obviously getting a good one there. Uh, I would expect him to get immediate playing time and to compete uh, for starting position as soon as his freshman year. You, you haven't really seen a whole lot of that from Michigan corners in the more recent history. Even guys like David Long didn't really break out onto the scene until the sophomore season. So I I think Will Johnson could be one of those rare guys that gets onto the field incredibly fast and uh, immediately provides at the very least some depth there at a position that really needs it. So Steven, we kind of talked last week about how this could be the start of momentum for Michigan on the recruiting trail. Top kids obviously want to play with other top kids in the country, Will Johnson obviously being among the nation's best, regardless of position. But now that he's committed to Michigan, I really think this could have a drastic effect on how Michigan ends up doing the rest of this class with Walter Nolan, the number two overall player who we've talked about, the top defensive tackle in this class. He knows Will Johnson and Will Johnson was kind of already recruiting him before he was even committed to Michigan. So I think that could go a long way in that recruitment. Obviously, he and Domani Jackson the other five-star corner who committed to USC, but Michigan's still going to be in on there. Those guys are very tight, said to have been a package deal at one point. Obviously, as of right now, that's not happening, but I would imagine that Will Johnson gets in Domani's ear as well. And then to top it all off, this is going to have a big impact on the in-state class as well with Dylan Tatum, Josh Burnham, Tayshawn Trent, who we'll talk about in a little bit, Uh, I I feel like all could really see this Will Johnson commitment and they just go, damn, like, you know, the best players in Michigan go to Michigan. I may want to hop on board that train as well. So I really think this recruitment, albeit it's not like the first big target that they've landed. They got a couple four stars in the class as well. But this could really lead to a trickle down effect of big time players getting on board Michigan's 22 class. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I think it's actually a really good move to have Bellamy now over to the defensive side to kind of go with that as well, right? You get a guy like Will Johnson, legacy in-state guy, uh, able to to sing the praises of the in-state school. You have one of the most beloved uh, high school coaches, now former high school coach in uh, – in Bellamy as, as your cornerbacks, uh, defensive backs coach. So adding him uh, should help solidify Dylan Tatum um, mm-hmm. as well as getting a Will Johnson, like you said. So, I mean, that's huge. And a big reason that Will Johnson committed to Michigan is because the Michigan staff was like, Hey, we got some exciting moves coming to our defensive staff. Hold on. Let us you know speak kind of our pitch with our new staff incoming here And you're going to be a big part of that picture. So I think it's, it's very similar to what we saw in the 2021 class with JJ McCarthy, where it's like, Hey, we, we want you to really lead this group. You know, we, we expect you to be a leader of this offense and we want you to play with the best talent around you at Michigan. And you're part of kind of realizing uh, that vision that we have and we saw a very offensively focused class with 2021. And that makes sense, given a lot of the turnover with the coaching staff. So now you're looking at 2022 and, you know, there there were some holes filled with the 21 class at defensive tackle, but uh, I mean, Will Johnson's the biggest position of need at cornerback. There's uh, there, There's still a lot of positions. I think that they'll be focusing on in 2022 specifically for defense and have it be more of a defensively focused class because you have a new staff, because you have a guy now like Will Johnson to kind of lead the way. And it's the perfect, it's the perfect way to do that. Right. And I think it's right now it's it, especially that the, um, the debt, the, de- the uh, allowed dates for the coaches to be visiting or having recruits go on official visits that keeps getting pushed. So, yeah, you know, every coach these days, feel like is probably struggling on how to really sell your school in a way that's unique compared to every other school right whether it's Mel Tucker or Jim Harbaugh you're on a Zoom meeting with these kids mm-hmm. so having, having a guy like Will Johnson who's from the state knows everything about Michigan you know heck his dad knows everything about Michigan as well having someone with that uh with that experience that upbringing helps bring an authenticity that is hard to get over a zoom meeting. And it helps you differentiate when you kind of take that approach Uh, for a a player. That's going to be in your class. will speaking about these things speaks louder to me. If I'm a recruit than a coach, because every coach is saying the same thing I feel like they would all blend together. So I think that's kind of something that Michigan recognized for the 21 class and is now continuing uh, with the 22 class and pitched will johnson to be kind of at the forefront of that yeah and like you said the you know getting the best players in michigan to go to michigan that's a starting point point. and then you know will johnson's a national level recruit that should help uh perk the ears of guys throughout the country so having that why that will john johnson can speak to at a national level you know he had offers to bama lsu osu everywhere so to have him be able to preach that to other recruits again that's a pitch that uh, Will speak louder than you know. Maybe some recruits would want to, like would be able to hear from a coach. It ju- it just has a different ring to it. So yeah, it's it's a it, it's an interesting strategy, and I think it, it's going to pay off for them.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I I think it, it you bring up a very good point about the recruiting dead period getting pushed back again and again. And obviously, it's something that every school has to deal with. But I think Michigan has dealt with this very well. They've been able to get all of their coaches in on these zoom meetings, give all of these kids that they're really interested in these virtual tours of the school and be able to sell that to these guys. Obviously, Will Johnson didn't really need all of that because he's been around Michigan his entire life with his dad uh, being an alum and uh, just growing up uh, not too far away from Ann Arbor. And, but obviously just being in that culture uh, for your entire life, it's, pretty much Michigan would be the favorite in Vegas to land him uh, before the recruitment even started. So yeah, I, I think, I think it's going to lead to a lot of momentum here in with this in-state crop, uh, Josh Burnham near top hundred guy, Miles Rouser top hundred guy, Dylan Tatum is a guy that they really enjoy as a four-star in the defensive backfield. Uh, you, so you could add another defensive back in-state, there as well. And uh, a lot of really talented players in the state of Michigan in this 22 class. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap up this uh, here with this question here for you, Stephen. So they've already got more defensive backs committed in 22 than they had in 21 combined. They've got obviously with Will Johnson, Taylor Groves at safety and Cody Jones listed as an athlete, but he's probably going to play cornerback as well. So there are three top players in the a class for them as of now are in the defensive backfield, uh, which is exactly what they need in this class. So how many defensive backs you could include safeties in here as well. Do you think that they end up taken in this 22 class? I know it's still kind of early and there's a long way to go. They're recruiting a lot of guys at corner and they've got a few other safeties on their board as well, but how many guys realistically do you think that they end up taken here in a uh, defensive backfield in 22?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I'd have to go back through the the depth chart and take a look at that. I would expect probably at least one more true cornerback. I would expect, because Cody Jones has a little bit of variability there as an athlete. So yeah. I, I think that's kind of the approach where you have two true corners. Cody Jones could, could uh, land there as well, but he has some variability there. I think at safety, you're always going to need just a plethora of safeties. I think Michigan did have... Uh, a really good freshman um, freshman class uh, for 2020. So I don't think they're as strapped at that position. So I would still think you probably add another true safety and then maybe another form of athlete. So I think adding one more corner, one more safety, and then one more athlete, maybe two athletes, if you can mm-hmm. get that, that have a little more variability. But I think that would make sense most to have kind of two Uh, two true corners, two true safeties, and then uh, anywhere from two to three athletes that could slot in at one of those positions, but could very easily move over to the offensive side if need be.
0: Yeah, I kind of think you're onto something. I think they end up taking probably two, three guys uh, probably is what I would imagine obviously they're going to swing for the fences with Domani Jackson, who we've already talked about. Uh, I'm not sure where Keon Sab, the five-star safety uh, who plays at IMG now, but is from New Jersey. I don't know where he sits now with this new staff. Jacoby Matthews is a guy that they're going to go after hard. He's a five-star safety from Louisiana. That's obviously a tough pull, uh, being in SEC country, but they're still going to go for it. So uh, tons of guys. And then obviously Jaden gold being a cornerback near top hundred guy there as well from New Jersey, who they're. Uh, very in on um, I would expect Michigan to be in the running for him uh, throughout that entire recruitment there as well. So tons of guys, I mean, they are in on a ton of guys at corner and safety in this class, which is good. They definitely need to land a few more of these guys. And obviously I think they will uh, with the way that they've been recruiting and with the amount of guys that they've been recruiting, I would anticipate two, maybe three more guys at the end of the day, uh, but I, I think if you're a Michigan fan, you've got to be pretty pumped about where the class sits currently. a number 11 overall, and your three top players being uh, corners and safeties, uh, it's looking pretty good so far uh, for the defensive class here in 22. So definitely we'll keep everybody posted on those recruitments and all recruitments in the 22 class uh, as they develop here. Uh, so we're going to take a break. We will come back and we're going to flip over to the offensive side of the ball And talk about a guy with an impending commitment, and uh, very soon here it could be another in-state player going to Ann Arbor. We'll talk about that after this break. But we want to talk first about our sponsor here on Mason Brew Podcast, and that is Homefield. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand, based out of the uh, based out of the Midwest here in Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfortable, uh, but it's officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to those designs that they make. And the team over at Home Field they study every school's history, tradition, legacy, and they create thoughtful designs to tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some really cool Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. From T-shirts to crewnecks, they've got it all. So you can stay cozy. So if that's exactly what you're looking for and you want some vintage apparel, look no further than Home Field. Uh, We've got a promo code for you to use if you are interested. That is MNB, as in maize and brew, to get 20% off your entire first order. Again, that's not just 20% off one item. That's the entire order. So if you want to just go splurge at homefieldapparel.com, use that promo code MNB at checkout, and you will get 20% off the entire first order. Again, homefieldapparel.com. Go there. Start shopping today. All right, we are back. We are going to flip over to the offensive side of the ball, as I said before the break, and we're going to wrap up the pod today talking about another in-state guy uh, who is on the cusp of a commitment, and that is Tayshaun Trent, the four-star wide receiver. He's going to be making his commitment. We'll be choosing from the likes of Michigan, Michigan State, Kentucky, and he's got offers from a handful of other schools as well. He's the number seven ranked player in the state of Michigan in the 22 class, number 40 overall wide receiver and the number 281 overall player on the composite. He grew up and resides in East point. So not too far away from Ann Arbor, much like a Will Johnson, another in-state guy that they just landed. So Steven, um, where do you see the pulse of this recruitment at the moment? Uh, There were crystal balls for Michigan state for a while those all flipped over to Michigan and Michigan is now in control of the crystal ball. So obviously uh, the Spartans are still a threat in this recruitment, uh, just given that they were very high on him and he was very interested uh, in going to East Lansing at one point, but it just seems like with all the crystal balls going to Michigan, it seems like Michigan's the team to beat at this moment.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's my favorite kind of commitment where if you look at any Michigan state fans, uh, they have an early in with him, right? And you know, give credit to uh, the staff for recognizing the talent that Tayshawn Trent has. And uh, I, I believe he was probably one of the, one of their uh, or the Michigan State offer was one of the bigger ones at the time for Trent. So uh, getting a, a flurry crystal balls early for uh, for him there, and then uh, you know, Michigan takes a look and comes knocking, and then it's you know, you get the sense that it's one where. He was seen if the if the uh, the big brothers in state would offer, and uh, it seems like that's the that's the case. The You're best about thing. to rile
0: up a lot of people on
1: social media, Stephen. I am, I am. But my favorite thing to do is go back, look at those early message <laughs> boards about like, oh, it's you know we're leading crystal balls for this guy, seeing like, oh, he looks like a great player, and then when they flip over to Michigan, see the reaction there. That's just. You can't write better content than that, man. It's, it's the best. He
0: wasn't high on our board anyway.
1: There it is. There it is. And every, (laughs) to be fair, every fan base is the same. I, Oh
0: yeah. No, that's not exclusive to Spartans. That's, that's everybody.
1: I shudder at the thought of some of like the Ray Sean Benny message boards and and that crazy recruitment. So I'm sure that was the same, but the best thing for me is four of the six crystal balls to Michigan are from uh, Michigan state insiders. So that's a really good sign. If they're mm-hmm. predicting that, then it's, it's looking like that's the the clear direction here. So, I mean, I think this is one, again, I, I don't know exactly where he stands on, um, on wanting to stay in state or leaving the state. I know there was uh, an article on 24 seven about his close relationship with Will Johnson, give their seven on seven teammates, uh, so yeah. the, the impact there of, of getting a guy like Will Johnson, again, like you said, having the most talented guys on the same team that seemed to resonate with Tayshon Trent. So, uh, that can't hurt. <laughs> so it, it's looking good thus far, um, for, for Michigan hanging on there and, you know, eventually getting his commitment.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring up Will Johnson, and it seems like this is just the Will Johnson hour here on Maze and Brew Podcast, but it it really is having an effect, I think, on Trent's eventual commitment here. Um, I I think the writing's on the wall here. I think Michigan is going to end up getting this commitment from Trent, and I do think Will Johnson uh, played a, a pretty big role here, but... It really seems like Ron Bellamy joining the staff had a huge role in Michigan's surge in the recruitment as well. With obviously Bellamy, one of the in-state recruiters for Michigan now, has been putting in some real serious work on a number of guys. And Trent is obviously one of those guys that stands out to me. Uh, I, I reached out to Tayshon Trent not too long ago, and uh, when Bellamy first got hired as the receivers coach asked if uh, he had reached out to him and he said that, yeah, he already reached out to him and expressed his interest in him becoming uh, a Michigan Wolverine. Now, obviously now that he's flipped over to the safeties, it it really doesn't matter what position Trent's going to be playing. Uh, The fact of the matter is he's still an in-state guy. Ron Bellamy has insane ties into the high school football game here in state, obviously Um, coming off a, high school championship with uh, West Bloomfield, uh, one of the more uh, renowned coaches around the Metro Detroit area. So I I think Johnson had a big part of it too, but you got to give a lot of props to Ron Bellamy as well for not only just hitting the ground running with recruiting in general, but getting guys uh, like Will Johnson, uh, like uh, who I think is going to end up committing with Tayshawn Trent here now uh, to get them on board to get them uh, committed verbally and early on uh, in this class as well. Uh, I, I think you got to give Ron Bellamy a huge uh, a round of applause uh, for, for this recruitment too. Yeah.
1: I mean, and, and even though Bellamy isn't going to be a guy on the offensive side, I think it's more of just having those relationships, having uh, a guy of, of his caliber. He's just a known commodity throughout the state. And having him on staff, regardless yep. of offense or defense, that just plays a huge, huge thing in, in the overall atmosphere of the coaching staff. You know, if they'll hire a guy like Ron Bellamy, I mean, you're going to expect, uh, you know, kind of a similar, um, you know, maybe different personalities throughout. But it, it shows that it's an environment that supports those kind of guys. And from everything I've seen, uh, he resonates with just a ton of recruits. So, um, I mean, there, and as far as like Tayshawn Trent's um kind of skill set that he brings. He's yeah. huge, man. Like he's Yeah. Like he's a giant. Like 6-4. Uh what is he up? It's like 205. 205 think- is
0: what they have him listed as. I I wouldn't be shocked if he's a bit bigger than that just I mean if if you've seen the film, he just looks yeah. like a uh a, a mammoth human being compared to everybody else.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they actually have him as because I could totally see them trying to go like the Eric All route with him, um, where it's just like kind of a, a jumbo flex yeah. wide receiver that could have some some tight end um, capabilities in him, or if you know if he can stick with. Uh, being a wide receiver, he had a lot more wiggle than I would expect of a guy his size. Now his speed, again, is something without these camps. It's really hard to say. I wouldn't expect it to be anything, um, you know, probably upper four sixes. I would say May, maybe mid four sixes. I could be, I could be wrong there, but I
0: think you're giving uh, him the benefit of the doubt. Quite frankly, I, I think it might be a bit slower than that. But yeah. I mean, it, it could be, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I assumed it'd be like in the force, like, or like the low four sevens is what yeah. I was going to guess. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean, I think it's, no. it's
1: in that area. And I think it, it's interesting because we've saw, we've seen Michigan just go really heavy on a lot of the um, speed and space kind of guys, your Giles Jackson's, your uh, just a, a flurry. Still AJ yeah. Henning.
0: Yeah. I mean, they all, all blend guys.
1: together at this point. So having a yeah. guy kind of stand out, um, like Tayshawn Trent, who can just be a, a a tree amongst the the fast speed demons that you have. There's always a guy for that. Especially, I think there was a big question in 2020 of how you know you get in the red zone. Which one of these guys outside of Cornelius Johnson is going to be your true your true red zone threat or a, a guy you can throw yeah. a jump ball to? And I think he fits that mold really well. And I like that Michigan's kind of going for. One or two of these guys per class. I think you had Anthony, Andrew Anthony, who kind of fit that mold a little bit, not as exaggerated as Tejon Trent in the height department. But um, but yeah, I I think mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of promise, and I'm really I, I get I get not like necessarily a Eubanks um, vibe from him, but Eubanks was like a really athletic. Uh, like spindly tall man that was masquerading as a wide receiver who you just could see developing into one thing or the other. Um, and I could see Tayshawn Trent kind of going in, in one direction or the other at this point.
0: Does uh, d- does that kind of concern you at all? Just given that they've already got a tight end committed in this class, Marlon Klein, uh, the three stars, he's six six two fifteen, 15. So I mean, kind of not too far off from what Tayshawn Trent is. Does, does that kind of concern you at all that they might get a second guy like that on board? Would you rather have him stick at receiver or, I mean, does this make a difference to you at, at all when it comes to just getting the guys in uh, the program in general? Uh, and and how, how do you think that uh, could affect his usage uh, at the next level in college?
1: Yeah. I mean, the big difference is just about like the amount of usage where Hmm. if he's if he's if he can grow into like a flex tight end, then he might share more snaps with a guy like Marlon Klein overall. But if he's like more of a true wide receiver um, that can, you know, go up for jump balls, maybe they'll split him out a little bit more. So I don't think I'm. Yeah. You know, it's always to me about just these guys realizing their ceiling, and then it's just kind of like a thing that you kind of saw with Josh Uche on the defensive side, where he never really had like a true role, and Michigan found ways to really get him involved on the defense because of how uh, disruptive he was. So I think I think you know there there are complications that a, a tweener you could call them present but with a guy like Quiddy Pay, he wreaks havoc and it, it, it mm. makes it a really, a really hard job for the opposing side to really game plan for a guy uh, that's really unique like that, you, that you don't know how he's going to be used. So I think that's the main thing of, um, uh, of being true to what his highest ceiling is. And I think that just comes with, you know, getting him in the weight program and really understanding what aspects of his game really do well and and try to, you know, bulk him up to those skills or keep him at a reasonable weight for, for the other skills. So I'm, I don't think I'm overly concerned with that. I think he could provide enough value um, either way, as long as he, you know, kind of buys into whatever that path that Michigan wants him to, to go on.
0: Yeah. I I don't find it concerning either. I was just curious what, what your thought process was there. I, I, I mean, my mindset is if you think he's a good player and he's worth taking, then you just take him in and you figure it out later on, even if he ends up flipping positions or whatever, actually, I, I don't think he will by any means, but if, if you think he's talented enough to offer him a scholarship and you want to recruit him as hard as you've been, yeah, you just figure stuff out later on. And if that, it uh, means lining him and Marlon Klein up in the same uh, rotation and doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, go for it, do it. Um, there's nothing wrong with having uh, two is uh, six, four plus wide outs on the field at the same time to uh, to cause some problems there for, for opposing defenses. That would be interesting to see <laughs> unfold for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I think this would be a, a pretty good get for Michigan. If he ends up committing here, and uh, he would be the first receiver listed uh, to join the class. And uh, the, cl- the class is starting to shape up here, Steven. I mean, they've got six commitments as of this recording, with four of them being on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they'll fill all those needs on offense as well. They still need quarterbacks, still need a running back, and they're going to need probably another receiver or two. And it seems like they're wanting to get another tight end in there. Uh, With one offensive lineman currently committed, you're going to want probably three more of those as well. So, um, you know, if you're looking at it as, you know, where's all the offensive players, don't worry. They'll, they'll be on the way. It's kind of like how the 21 class went with, it was pretty much all offense at the beginning and no defense. And obviously they've filled the holes on defense, uh, just fine. So I would expect, uh, some good stuff to happen there. Um on uh, the offensive side of the ball uh, in this class too. So Steven, any, uh, departing thoughts? No,
1: I think, uh, I'll be most interested in watching the offensive line. I I really want to see what Sharon Moore does as the position coach there. I think that'll be interesting to watch. And then, um, yeah, it'll be interesting with just the sheer number of weapons that Michigan brought in, in the, uh, in the last class, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they are approaching the kind of, uh, the skill positions in the 22 class. I think we'll see some interesting names at quarterback pop up and, yep. uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting. So I, I think, I think it's, it's a good start and I'm yeah. interested to read about kind of the, uh, different areas that each of the different coaches kind of delve into now that they're starting to get settled at the university.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how all that plays out. And I would anticipate Michigan putting in another good class here in 22. They're already a fringe top 10 class with uh, just six commitments as of today. Um, so I, I would anticipate another, uh, at the very least, near top 10 finish uh, for Michigan in the recruiting class when it's all said and done. So definitely going to be intriguing to see how it all plays out. And we'll obviously update everybody right here on future brew when all of those developments happen. So Steven, appreciate it. We'll get John Simmons back on uh, the pod next week, hopefully. And, um, hopefully we can, uh, get you up to speed on Michigan alum knowledge and, and, uh, do some Jabril preppers, uh, reading. Why don't you? Um, Oh God, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's who I keep comparing you to. So I feel like, uh, you, you, you gotta uh, okay Here here's a fun fact do you do you know the story of how jabril peppers committed
1: to yeah Megan? he freestyled didn't he or yes. he did freestyle but he had a rap i remember he, he
0: rapped on espn
1: yeah yeah i watched that live i watched that live i believe i was at a in the middle of a a work shift at uh palmer commons at university of michigan shout and out I watched that from the office and uh yeah. I remember watching that and I was like, Oh, this guy's kind of cool. And yeah. he, he did turn out to be that way.
0: He he turned so. out to be kind of cool. Yeah. He was a good player for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, no, I'm, oh. not gonna, I'm not going
1: to, I'm not going to wrap for you. Maybe next time, if you ask nicely,
0: I, you know what? I'll put it in the show sheet next time. So I, I, uh, I, I definitely, I think John would appreciate that oh, with God. him coming back next week. I think we need, I think we need a nice wrap from you. So, okay. Well, I'll, pu-
1: I'll put it on my to do list.
0: Okay. Excellent. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn Lozon. Steven, where are you at, buddy?
1: At Steven Tosky.
0: Give Mazen Brew a follow on all the social media platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> We're on all that stuff. Uh, and follow Steven's work on the YouTube channel, putting in tons of work all the time, breaking down basketball and hockey highlights uh, galore. So go check all that out as well. So uh, appreciate you all for listening. Stephen, thank you again for hopping on. And for Stephen, I am Vaughn. we will talk to you next week. Go Blue.